This is Smashville Live here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Here at Brewhouse South in Cool Springs, brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits and Wine, and Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds game days and during, of course, Smashville Live. Hal Gale Bradengall alongside Kyle Turris and Dan Hamus. Fellas, how are we doing this evening? 13 goals in three games. That's good, right? It's really good. <laughs> Kyle has one of them. <laughs> so we're, we're feeling good after three games. I know you only have like a thousand more to go, but... How are we feeling three games into the season right now? I, I think we're feeling pretty good. We're uh, obviously offensively, uh, we have a ton of potential, and, and it's exciting and, and lots of fun to play that way. And um, I mean, to start season 2-1 and, and play uh, four home games to, to start the year, it's good. you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think... Uh, We've got a great schedule right now, and this whole month of October is pretty good for us. Uh, Kyle said we want to take advantage, and um, you know, early in the year, you see the offensive potential that we have. We've put a lot of pucks in the net. Uh, our power play has been looking really good, and uh, certainly an improvement uh, we're from where we were last year, which is which is a good sign. And you know, defensively, I think it always takes some time to really uh, dial that in. You you try as much as you can to, in training camp to get it going early, but. Uh, you know, teams are always creating new offensive schemes that you kind of have to adapt to, and we have to get used to each other. And um, you know, hopefully, we'll we'll tighten that up a little bit and keep winning. I, I have to ask. I don't want Lavi to get upset with me, but I, I do I do want to ask. Like, I know you talked about offense and the power play, and and there's a lot of focus in camp. Is there any system changes on defense? I, like, are you guys? selling more run and gun I, like because i feel like you can now that was something that the preds have never been able to to really call themselves as a run and gun team and i feel like for a couple games you were just going for it like five guys let's go for it and it was exciting to watch but as a defenseman i get a little panicky <laughs> so is there a change or is that just the makeup of the team right now i think our team's always been uh and Lavi's always encouraged offense, and uh, he really encourages the defensemen to get up and yeah. be a part of the offense too. And um, you know, at the start of the year, I think everybody's always excited to to be getting involved in the play, and that and that happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, def- we we got to <laughs> when you play the good teams, we got to be uh, you know focusing in on defense. But uh, I, I think there's a confidence in our group this year that uh, you know if we do fall behind like we did against Minnesota, we were behind uh, uh, with Detroit. That we have uh, there's a, a sense of calm and that uh, we can get back into games. You want to add to it, Kyle? Or no, I, just let I, it let it sleep. Yeah, I'll let it sleep. <laughs> you're good with the attacking style every time. Yeah. Uh, well, so let's let, just in general, you said you're kind of, Dan, there's a different feel for what this is, you know, the locker room. And, and you know, Kyle, this is now going through your second full training camp with the team. And, and obviously, Dan, your second as well. What is there anything different at all just from a vibe standpoint, uh, you know, attitude, you know, personality? Every locker room on every sports team every year is different, right? It doesn't matter who's there, who's not. It's all different. Is there anything different you guys have noticed at all about sort of just the general vibe of the locker room at all? Uh, I, compared to last year at this time, I, I don't notice too much of a difference. Um, I mean, we have we have a really good group of guys, uh, so we're all easy going and and uh, you know energetic and having a lot of fun at the rink. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't find it too different. 
No, I mean, there's we had minimal changes. I mean, having PK out and Matt Duchesne in is, you know, it's one change, but it was, it was a big one, I guess. And <laughs> but, hey, I, played, all, I all, played with PK. I we know. all know PK. I know a, that's, a, he's that's a, a big change. Yeah, he's a big personality, so it's, uh, I mean, it does feel a little bit different in the room, but, uh, you know, bringing Matt Duchesne in, was uh, he, he's a great guy and has fit in well so far. Yeah, you guys have such a great core group, and I feel like you guys play off each other so well. Uh, how has how has Duchesne fit in with that group? And I, all I hear about is how hard he works and how much he's committed to to, to be a part of the team. Uh, have you know what what can you say about him? Not just on the ice, we see the chemistry on the ice, but in the locker room. Yeah, he's been he's been great. I mean, the evidence is on the ice. He's uh, he just creates so much offense out there. The way he plays, and he's. Uh, you know, I think his wingers are enjoying playing with him. He distributes the puck really well. Obviously, six assists so far this year. And, Decent. Um, he certainly has the ability to put the puck in the net himself, too. Um, but off the ice, you know, he's he loves hockey. And uh, you can tell. You can tell on the ice his passion, his enthusiasm for it. And, and he's like that in the dressing room, too. He's excited to talk about sticks. He wants to talk about new plays. He wants to talk about hockey. And uh, and it's, it's a good excitement to have in the room. Yeah. Do you guys change or evolve over the course of your careers as far as how you approach a season? Is there anything individually that you guys have done differently? You know, he approaches this, approaches, you know, there's so many different ways to get yourself prepared mentally, physically for a season. Is there anything that you guys have done at this stage of your career, both playing a lot of hockey games at this stage, that maybe is is different or more unique this year that that maybe you learned or picked up on? Uh, I, I mean... In my case, I, I wouldn't say this year uh, in particular. I'd say kind of as I uh, matured and become more experienced in the league, I, I've gone from kind of being a younger guy in a rookie in training camp and, and you know, skating a million miles an hour everywhere and, and worried about uh, um, things moving forward, whereas now I'm, I'm kind of going through camp more so trying to get my timing down, trying to get chemistry with my line mates, trying to uh, ease the transition through camp so that come game one of 82, I'm, I'm hitting full speed and and fully in a rhythm and, and comfortable. Um, whereas before, you're more worried about making it through camp to the regular season. Uh, now I'm more worried about being 100% for game one of the regular season. And I might be a little bit further on that bend where I'm worried about getting through training camp. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, but you were you were honest in the summer. You said, "Yeah, it's different when you get older." I, you had a quote that where it's it is, and I know. I man, it hit me. Right, I was like, "That's exactly how it is." It's hard to go from you know where you're where you're playing, and then injuries linger, and it's you know you basically your whole summer when you get older is rehab and trying to figure out all your joints and making sure everything's working the right way by the time you get to camp uh, do you feel like I, 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 I watch you out there and I, and I can see that you're thinking the game on another level but do you feel like it's with the younger guys coming in it's a different game now it's a lot of work to prepare for that in the summer. I'm lucky to have some really good people I work with to get me my body and myself into a spot to, to be able to compete. And then it's just managing camp. It's uh, like Kyle said. It's you know when you're younger, you come in there full bore and you go every day. You, you gotta you gotta show it every day. And then you know as you you get older, you have a different approach in training camp. And for me, I, 
you know, you want to get your level up, but you're really focusing in on, on game one and uh, not uh, hurting yourself or, you know, making yourself too tired out there in camp so you put yourself in the, a weak position. Smashville live here on ESPN 102.5. The game, of course, here from Brew House, South, Hal Gil, Bradengall, uh, Kyle Turris, and Dan Hamuson. Guys, last night, um, I think one of the moments, um, and I heard the guys talking about it earlier on Preds Insiders, just one of the moments that I think stands out to me was the penalty kill at the start of the third period last night. Those kinds of things go a little unnoticed, I think, just in general when fans and you know people like me in the morning show are, are talking about this stuff. But that's a huge moment where... You know, you got a clean sheet of ice, you come out and you kill a penalty in a really good way, and it leads to, to success. Just sort of take the fans through what, what, what is the momentum shift like when you kill a penalty like that in a big situation and then know you've got opportunity going back the other direction? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the penalty kill, like you said, it's not the most glorious of jobs, but um, at the end of the day, it, it changes games, and it like you said, it, it brings momentum to our side coming out of that, having killed it. Um, doesn't get us on, his heel, on our heels with them having scored and, and putting pressure on us. So, it, yeah, it, it changes the game. And, um, it's, I mean, special teams are so important in this league. They, they uh, kind of determine the outcome of, of the season and playoffs. Our fans seem to love it too, and that's, uh, <laughs> the building gets uh, really gets fired up. And we have a, a penalty kill, Pekka standing on his head, or we yeah. get the clears down, our forwards are killing the pe- the penalty down in their end, and it's uh, it really livens up the Bridgestone Arena and gets us fired up. On the on the other side, I feel like now with two power plays that are seem to be pretty good and clean, and you guys are from what I'm seeing effective. It, that's got to be a boost the other way, right? Yeah, no, definitely. It, uh, uh, and it's just it's a snowball effect as the season goes on uh, in either direction, whether it was last year where it wasn't working for us and it, it just... It was tough last year. That was a, more and more frustrating. Yeah. You become less confident and you start forcing things and it just snowballs in the wrong direction, whereas this year you get off to a good start and you feel good and uh, your, your confidence grows and you start making plays and it just, I mean, it goes snowballs that direction too in the, in the, the right way so it uh yeah it's it's good to get off to a good start and now we just got to keep it going it's same for you obviously getting on the board last night in, a, in a, an important situation victor arvidson's already on the board phil forsberg scoring as well how just how wait important? wait he wasn't just on the board that was a, that was a snipe that was like that, on one leg he how didn't even let me finish the he question. on a fire hydrant fire <laughs> fire post it was perfect and and the right play to take the shot too so i agree with the, all the decision making the, the, the question is how important is it though for Anyone whose job is to go out there and score and create offense, just how important is it mentally to just get the first one, just get it out of the way, and then you can kind of go about your business after that? Yeah, it's, it's nice. It, uh, um, yeah, it's just it's nice to get out of the way and, and not have to worry about it and stress about things and just you know just be comfortable moving forward and confident that it's going to come. I mean, I was even without scoring last night, the first two games, I felt like I had lots of opportunities and um, you know Yarny and Rock were skating well and, and moving the puck well and, and uh, I feel like all of us had opportunities and um, I mean when you're getting opportunities it's just kind of a matter of time until they start falling and last night I was able to get one. Well we'll take a quick pause here. You're welcome to answer Dan if you'd like to. I think that question is more for Kyle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you the time <laughs> if, you, if you want. Uh, guys we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll continue with Kyle Turris and Dan Hamuse. Hal Gilbraden of course. This is Smashville Live. 
Brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits and Wine, Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds game days and during Smashville Live. This is ESPN 1025 The Game. This is Smashville Live, live from Brew House South here at Cool Springs. There you go, Preds fans. Feel free. Hal Gilbraden, go alongside Kyle Turris and Dan Hamus. All of this brought to you guys by our wonderful sponsors, New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill, Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits and Wine, Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds Game Days and during Smashville Live. Next week, reminder, uh, we will return on Wednesday, of course, October 16th from uh, Boombaz in East Nashville. So check that one out uh, next weekend or next uh, Wednesday. And, guys, I just want to just start this this second conversation here. Um, I know both of you guys are, are parents and Hal and I both have a bunch of children as well, and I just am curious, sort of when the season starts, like how, how difficult is you guys, like give us the human side of all this, right, you know, and what, what is family life like when the season starts as far as commitment levels, time, just try to tell the, explain to the fans kind of what that is like when you get going on an 82-game grind, um, you know, what that impact has on, on the people around you. Yeah, I mean, uh, my kids are all in school now, so that so that's kind of nice. That helps out a lot, uh, having uh, you know seven hours during the day to catch up on things. But you know, when we're on uh, when we're on road trips or if it's a game day, you know, those are those are a little more challenging, kind of a single parent uh, type of situation, especially on the weekends when there's uh, you know kids in three different sports and they're kind of being ran all over uh, the Nashville area to to compete and. Uh, so sometimes uh, there's some sacrifices that have to be made, but uh, you know a lot gets put onto the shoulders of our wives to um, take care of that when when we're not around. And the nice thing is, is when we are home, is that uh, you know like a day like this where we practice at at noon, we can get home early enough to pick them up from school. And so there there is a other side of that, and and we do get the summers when they're off, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, like like Dan said, it's nice having the summers off and spend as much time as we we can with them. Uh, and then during the season, I. We try to, um, you know, we try to still. I mean, I we try to still take in the, the parenting moments. I mean, dropping the kids off at school in the mornings before practice, and then heading to practice, and and that sort of thing. So um, it's tough, and and our wives are saints, kind of putting up with everything during the season, especially. Um, I mean, when the kids are younger, my kids are a little bit younger than Dan's, and uh, you know, they're up in the middle of the night. It's not me going to get them; it's my wife, and. Um, waking up early in the mornings with them and, and all that it's it's 100 percent her during the season and i try to help out in the summer but it's uh easy when the weather's nice and it's take them outside and do right. stuff uh, but during the year yeah we full props to our wives because they're uh they do a great job well i i also i want to add like you guys are here two days away from a long road trip and so we appreciate you coming but i i know um you know, you, when when you have a kid, it changes your. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys that just had a kid, or are having kids. It's 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 a life changer. So can you walk us through, uh, you know, maybe the changes that you got? I remember one thing that was different is like I was up in the morning, and at the rink way earlier than I ever was. Mostly, <laughs> like you said, because I wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> Like, the kid get up at 6 in the morning, and I was like, i, I got to go to the rink. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you going to the rink at 7 in the morning? That's crazy. Uh, but it, life changes when you have a kid. Yeah. No, it definitely does. And 
I remember it was, uh, um, we had our first uh, Beckett, and he ended up, we didn't know what was going on at the time. He was nonstop cry the whole night. And uh, so it, it ended up being he was colicky for the first six months. Wow. Um, and it was, it was crazy. It was, <laughs> it was really difficult. And he, uh, he was born September 12th. Which was three days before camp started, so it was it was literally the perfect timing. Yeah, the majority of the season, and uh, um, so yeah, like you said, it was it was life changing, and um, but yeah, it, it was very difficult. My wife did a great job, and we made it through, and it, it made the the second and third feel a little bit easier in their their newborn stage, but uh, more difficult, obviously, having more kids involved. Any changes with you, Hammer? Uh, we were pretty lucky. I mean, we had two of our kids in the summer, early in the summer, so we had some a chance to adapt to that. And then our uh, our middle one, she was actually born here in Nashville during the Olympic break of 2010, so we had a few weeks off. Nice. And uh, it's, good, so, it's good planning. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out really well for us that way. Um, but with having three kids, people ask, well, what's the hardest going from one to two or two to three? And I said, well, the hardest is always zero to one because especially as yeah. professional athletes, you develop a fairly selfish lifestyle, accommodating the needs that you have to get ready for games and the sleep schedule and how you eat and prepare. It's, it's, it can be kind of selfish. And, you, and uh, all of a sudden there's a kid in the mix, and now the bedtime thing goes out the window. Like Terry said, people are up in the middle of the night. And uh, the whole family schedule goes for a loop. So it's, uh, it's certainly uh, it's, it's a challenge. And there's a lot of guys on our team right now that are going through that for the first time. And what, do you, what do you give them for advice? Do you give them anything or just say, hey, you're on your own, pal, deal with it? <laughs> yeah, I think it, uh, it only gets easier. I think those first few months are always tough. And right. then uh, patterns start to form and it's, uh, it gets better. Yeah, well, and you've got three, Hal, correct? Yeah. And you both have three, I believe, correct? So I have two. So what is the what is the biggest challenge of going from two to three? Because I better get ready, I think. Well, you might need a minivan. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, the biggest. Everyone says you have to buy a different car. What a dagger. Yeah, yeah, might yeah it's, and it's serious. It's, uh, <laughs> we, I need we, all the help I can get here. Okay. Well, we, had, uh, we had an SUV that um, we thought at the time, because we had anticipated three or four kids, and when we bought the SUV, it was a Audi Q7, uh, and we loved it. Julie loved it; it was great, and uh, it had, you know, the two front seats, and then the three, and then the three in the back. But when you have three car seats, they don't all fit across the middle row, and you nope. can't. When you have two car seats in the middle row, you can't fold it down to get to the back row for the third car seat. So you you need the two uh, captain seats or whatever they're called in the middle. And uh, but yeah, I mean it's just simple things like that that you don't think about. That. Yeah, the new car is definitely the one everyone says you're going to need a new yeah, car yeah. When, when you get a third one. You can we, the- yeah, we had the exact same thing. We had the, the Atlanta, like a smaller SUV, like you yeah. did. And we had the same situation. So the kids were having to crawl through the tailgate <laughs> to get into a, a back seat. So it just wasn't working for us either. And. Uh, I thought that I was going to be you know, really smart about this and surprise Sarah. And so when she, I didn't do it for her 30th birthday, but when she turned 31, I went out and, what a nice you know, guy. those, you know, those car commercials when you get, minivan? when you get the big bow on the it's car very, and it's romantic. in the driveway, minivan, you got I thought that would be really sweet if I did that, <laughs> except for her, her trendy little SUV went out. I was like, Oh, Hey, turn around. Look what's happening out there. And her little SUV went away and the minivan pulled in with the bow on it. Oh, 
It wasn't the reaction I was hoping I was going for. <laughs> the vacuum in the back. Perfect. You, you know what? Funny, funny stat. The, 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 van, or the uh, vacuum cleaner in the back of the Honda Odyssey will run on for seven minutes without the car turned on. And the well, hose reaches all the corners of the vehicle. So. Listen to this guy. <laughs> Working at sound, sounds like he used that as a sale pitch on yeah. Sarah. <laughs> uh, yes. Equally as romantic yeah, as Biden. I had to throw that out to Sarah. It's like... <laughs> But honey, but you realize this has seven a vacuum minutes. cleaner. Seven minutes. I think about all the goldfish you can vacuum up. Yes. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, now I'm definitely not having a. Third well, child. I said when I had with three with three kids, there's someone's missing something because you you only have two people driving around. My kids are older now, and it's like hockey, lacrosse, soccer, volleyball. It's Something's going to get missed, you know? Or, or you just dump them off with someone else, <laughs> and then you don't know where your kid is. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's like line mates, right? Like the three of them just have to keep track of each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you, parents, you go from man-to-man defense to zone defense. Yeah. Well, and as, a, as a, you know, a Predators defenseman, you guys, you know, a little hybrid scheme back there. You should be fine. Um, now, you said they play. They all are playing sports, like, all over the city and everything. So, you know, it, do you guys, and, and how this is for you, too, do you guys believe in sort of the diversity of playing as many different things. I know Wayne Gretzky's talked a lot about growing up playing baseball as his first love, and just there's so many kids now that are getting into s- such isolated skill sets at such a young age. How do you guys fall on the sort of wavelength of what kids should do throughout the course of their year athletically? One thing that was really important for us is uh, with our girls is we just really wanted them to participate in a team sport. And then after that, they can do some of their individual stuff, whether it's gymnastics or, or, or whatever else it was. But, you know, soccer was an important one. My daughter's playing lacrosse now, and she was playing some hockey. So I, I just really like them to be involved in team sports was a big thing for us. Yeah, and, and I think I agree with Dan. And then from a, an individual standpoint, I, I feel like the more exposure you get to different sports, the more rounded of an athlete you become. So whatever sport you do choose down the road, you can – you can take kind of the rounded athleticism and, and it'll help you in all different circumstances in the one sport that you do end up going with. Yeah, I, I always said lacrosse is basically a power play, right? You know, it's, it's just the, the same setup. And uh, I, I just love the fact that a kid can go out. And I was always bad at I was really bad at baseball. And I had to work so hard to be good at it when I was a kid. And I feel like I learned so many lessons from being bad at something i was good at hockey and i just played hockey and you know made it to the nhl i didn't really think about it with baseball i had to think about it so i i really think that the more sports you can play the better and and the more fun it is yeah it's it's really you know it's fascinating with the you know the we all want our kids to be totally you know you want to take care of them and you want everybody to be super happy and all that stuff but there is an element of losing or struggle or challenge, adversity, whatever you want to call it, that is important for young young kids to sort of experience growing up. And maybe not too young, but, you know, at a certain age, it's probably good for them, right? And, and don't forget, Kyle, you you had to play against your dog in lacrosse, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? I saw a video of you, or, or a story being yeah. told that you... The, the short space agility on a dog is <laughs> pretty good. Right? Your, your father was a great lacrosse player. And yeah, he's... Uh, throw uh, the ball out and you'd fight over it with the dog, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, our, our dog loved lacrosse balls. And when I was like Beckett's age, like five, six years old, my dad would throw the lacrosse ball and my lacrosse stick out back and... Our dog would come flying at me, golden retriever, like seventy-pound golden retriever, and I was like, you know, thirty-five, forty pounds at the time. So, 
I had to kind of roll and, and run away from him and protect the ball because he jump up and try and get the ball. Out of my stick. <laughs> so uh, speaking of, of pets and animals, um, Dan, I have a question for you. Do you have a an animal that is just has the ability to survive any and all circumstances and events? Because I've I've heard there's a story that maybe Preds fans might want to hear about your huh. pet. Is huh. that is that yeah. inaccurate? Am I am I breaking news here? Is that are you comfortable telling this story? Because I hear you have a miracle dog. Yeah, he's uh, he's spent till some time at that over the over the course of his four years, which is uh, not fun on the wallet and not fun uh, <laughs> for him either. But uh, I mean, he was trouble right away. He had he was eating all sorts of stuff, stomach surgery, and that. And then was it two years ago? We're, it was in the spring. He was at home. He was, he stayed up north. He didn't come down. Uh, to Dallas for the for the hockey season for us, and my mom was taking care of him. And he was uh, they were walking the one day, and he was on the train tracks, and uh, she was calling him because there was a train coming, and he didn't. Uh, he was so focused on her, he was running actually towards the train and was looking at my mom, and uh, he ran head on into this train. And I think at the last second, he was able to duck, and uh, the train hit him in the head hard enough to knock him out. And which was a good thing. He ended up kind of between the, the tracks. No way. Yeah. And so, but be, thank goodness he got knocked out. If he didn't get knocked out, he probably would have tried to run out, and the wheels would have got him. So he was lucky. He got knocked out, laid between the tracks. He actually lost uh, one of his ears, got pinched off, and then his tail because it was sticking out the other side of the oh track. My God. And uh, so yeah. Anyways, it was terrible. Like he was bleeding, and it didn't look good. And my mom carried him, and they ended up getting to the vet. And the, the vet uh, was like, "Yeah, I don't, I, we don't know. Like it's based on what happened. This is probably not going to turn out very good tomorrow morning." Anyways, the vet came in the next morning just to kind of see how things were going. And uh, he's like, yeah, you wouldn't believe it. This guy's, like, up at the door waiting for us, <laughs> smiling, like, happy. And his tail was wagging, except for his tail was wagging like this because it was broken crooked. It was broken in half. And so that's they, not that's, funny. I'm sorry. No. But it's still, ins- it's still an insane it's, story. It's like. amazing. And, and he, you know what? The co- they had a, they ended up cutting half his tail off. And he, but he is the best dog still. Like, you would never know. Since got, you could see the ear. You see the tail. But uh, he's, he's back to normal. Uh, that is an insane yeah. story. Like. It just to survive a train going over the top of you the entire time, and then yeah. the next morning you pop up. They're, they're amazing creatures. But and the PTSD after that has got to be <laughs> the hardest part. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I do appreciate you being a good sport about that sure. and telling that story because I, I still think that's um, just borderline amazing like, like, that, they, that he made it through that. So we're glad to hear everything's good. Lucky. Um, no question. All right. We'll, we'll give you guys a chance in the audience to ask a few questions of these guys when we come back. So we'll take a quick pause here. Hal Gilbrain go alongside, of course, Kyle Turris and Dan Hamuse. This is Smashville Live brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits and Wine, Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds Game Days and during Smashville Live. This is ESPN 1025 The Game and streaming on the ESPN app. Welcome back. This is Smashville Live here at Brewhouse South in Cool Springs. You guys can clap. It's okay. You can do that. This, this whole thing brought to you, of course, by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits and Wine, Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds Game Days and doing sma- and during Smashville Live. Hal Gilbraden go alongside Preds players Kyle Turris and Dan Hamusen. This is the portion of the program where we allow Gina from Promotions to walk around. So if you guys have questions... 
flag down Gina. She will come around and you guys can talk to the guys. Is that, uh, does that work for everybody up here? You guys cool Sounds with that? good. Gina, who do we have first? And uh, let's rock and roll. the borough. So I know there's been a bunch of big trades throughout the last season. Um, if you guys could bring back anyone from previous trades, who would it be? <laughs> oh, that is a Does that include waivers? And <laughs> sure. Yeah. I just want to specify, you know, we lost a lot of uh, good players out there. Yeah. Trades and waivers. Uh, I am interested to see where you guys go with this. <laughs> Well, one guy that comes to mind for me is Shea Weber. I was good friends with him when I played with him. Uh, my first stint here, um, we were pretty close, and I got to play with him at the Olympics again. But uh, it'd be cool to have him back on the team. Yeah, uh, we have a great group. A um, bunch of guys that I'd, I'd like to have back. I was good friends with Kevin Fiala, um, so I like playing against him the other night and talking to him. He's, he's really funny. I sat beside him in the dressing room, and we had a lot of fun together. Um, yeah, I mean, Tony Botetto uh, was a good friend of mine, and, and uh, Soups, too. I like Soups a lot. Is there any extra added bonus? I mean, obviously, you guys know so many people across the league. I mean, just you, know, you all get to know each other, but is there anybody that um, – how does that go when you run into somebody on a shift or something that you know? Is there is it friendly banter? Is it a little extra of this, a little extra of that? Or is it just sort of business as usual, forget about it, we'll connect later after the game or whatever? How does that kind of go? I think it depends on the person. Um, I like to joke around with the people and – uh, so, yeah, like last night I'm good friends with uh, uh, Eric Carlson. So we, you know, we kind of joke around on the ice a little bit. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it depends on the person. Also a new parent as well, right, for, for yep. Carlson there. Gina, who you got for us? We have Franklin from, I'm sorry, Brandon from Franklin. <laughs> with it being so early in the season, how confident do you feel with the line combinations? And do you think they would change at all over the season? Or do you think they're pretty constant the way they're going to be now? Uh, well, I mean, they seem to be working right now. There's, uh, we've been getting some offense from, uh, from all the lines and some good defensive play, too. So, I mean, at this point, um, you know, Lavi was experimenting with some things through training camp and exhibition. And it seems like he's got a hit right now. But, you know, things change. It's a long year. And, you know, I wouldn't expect things to be set in stone and injuries happen. And also maybe a new uh, combo starts to click. So I think we're always prepared for, for changes. But, uh, I mean, even, even you can go to our, not just our lines, but our power play units. And they, they're looking really good together as well. But you, you hope they stick together and keep working. But it's kind of the reality of things that it's always changing. Yeah, no, I echo Hammer. Uh, is there anything – just give the fans a sense of how long it takes because obviously you, you, you practice with everybody. But give us give the fans a sense of how long it takes to, to change either defense pairings or, or line mates. Just, again, like you said, you have to be prepared for that. What is that process like? Is it Can it happen overnight? Can it just click like that in one game? Or is it takes a couple games? Just kind of take the fans through that process. Uh, I think it's kind of – different circumstance for every situation and um yeah it can take time to gain chemistry and and like you said some sometimes you just hit it off right away and, um but i mean it just you never know until it happens gina where are we she she's hiding brew house south is very large <laughs> gina where did she right. go G, G, i have no idea where'd she Damn, go gina <laughs> 
Does anyone get that reference, by the way? Does anyone get the, the either of you two? There's get not that a lot reference? of Martin. Fans not a lot here. of Martin Lawrence fans in the house. Um, so let, let's let's talk about the lines then. Just sort of the situation that that um, you guys are both in, and we have some new people in new places. But like you have said, not a lot. Everything's fairly similar. Um, what has the what is the new what are the new lines seeing? You you obviously Dan get a chance to see the offensive guys, and you go up against the defensive guys in practice, Kyle. So just what are the, you know, Dante Frabro's a new piece, and you're playing with new guys to so kind of take the fans through what, what that has been like and, and why it's working right now. The, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like Dan said, we have four lines that are producing and, and uh, chipping in, and, I mean, Yarny and Rock are good players. They, uh, um, we've kind of hit it off and, and gelled real well, and like I said earlier, I, I think we're creating lots of opportunities, and um, it's tough to do in this league. So when you you have those opportunities, you just kind of got to run with them. And, and uh, I think we've done a decent job of that, creating opportunities through the first three games. And, um, yeah, I mean, just looking to build on that moving forward. For you, what, what, is Don, what do you see as a veteran defenseman that makes uh, you know a young player like Dante Fabro so good at what he does already? And obviously he's got a long way to go, but w- what do you see from him that makes him good at what he does? You know what, Dante is just, uh, he's got a great head on his shoulders. And to have that poise and composure um, back there um, so early is, is something special. And I think there's a lot of promise in that. And he's... Uh, he jumped right into the fire last year. We had like in five games before playoffs and then into playoffs. Now this year he's playing with Matthias Ekholm with a lot of responsibility against other teams' top lines. And, uh, you know, that's no easy feat. Any, when you're playing against the other teams' top lines, the smallest of mistakes get magnified, usually with a, a puck in the back of your own net. And, uh, you know, he's done really well out there. And, yeah, he's, he's going to keep learning and keep getting better. But from what he's shown so far, I mean, there's so much promise with him. Kyle, you came into the team, and I, I don't feel like there's there's a lot of teams with guys like Roman Yossi and Matias Ekholm that are pushing the pace and always up in the rush. Is there an adjustment period for a forward? You know, Duchesne's coming in, and it's got to be kind of crazy. Like, we see it all the time where Yossi reverses to Ellis behind the offensive net, and Heaven knows I never did that. That's, uh, you know, that's like crazy for me, but it, it happens on the regular. Is there an adjustment period for forward when you're, when you're seeing that? Uh, a little bit, yeah. It, um, I mean, more so from a standpoint of uh, the coaching staff wants you covering for them. So yeah, as a forward, sure. you have to kind of back out a little bit and realize how many guys are low in the offensive zone and, and just kind of cover up uh, uh, where they are until they, they get back to their spot. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's anytime you have defensemen jumping in on offense, it just helps create it from an offensive standpoint. So, so us forwards love it. Yeah, and on the other side, Hammer, when you're playing with Webbs and he's up in the rush, uh, you know, are you, are you looking, are you talking to guys? I, I feel like there's, there's so much movement and it's more than – than I've seen before where D are involved and you guys are up in the rush. Are you talking to, to forwards and saying, hey, come back? <laughs> or Yeah. We, we, we have, it, it helped yeah. me out because I'm a fossil. When I, you know, yeah. like, over the last five years since I've been out, the game's changed, man. Yeah, I mean, D-men are up. We're up, in the, we're up in the play a lot. I mean, some guys more than others, but for, for the most part, guys are up there. And, and then for forwards, they, you know, they want to be part of the offense too, and that's their natural in, instincts. And right. It's not to sit back on the blue line, so... 
Yeah, we, uh, we remind them every once in a while to make sure that they're, they're staying back and helping out and covering. And, but it confuses the coverage a lot because typically D-men are responsible for covering forwards in the, in the offensive zone. And, right. and then uh, all of a sudden there's a D-man down there and there's a forward up top and you're confused because it's not your guy. Your guy's up at the point, but that's too far away for you. And then that's how a lot of opportunities are getting created. It, you know, I think it's it's not just hockey either. I think basketball is going that direction with the freedom of movement. It's far more offensive. Every rule in football is about the passing game and trying to create, you know, more opportunities for scoring chances. Certainly the NHL has gone that direction over the last 15 years. Um, but you still see teams like St. Louis and, and Boston play a heavy game, right, in the postseason. You know, you see the Patriots and the Rams still playing defense in the Super Bowl. So how do you strike a balance between this this new brand of hockey that's clearly very successful, clearly very exciting for the fans, entertaining, but then balance that out with knowing that the postseason is always going to be just a little bit different than what you do in Game 3 or Game 7 or whatever? I, I don't know what you think, but I, even during the regular season, like offense is there and whatnot, but defense is always the focal point. In every, I feel like you ask, uh, you know, 30 out of 31 coaches in the league would say defense is their main priority. Um, and it's just, it, from a, a forward standpoint, it's, it's hard to create. It's hard to score goals. And um, it's, I feel like it's, it's gotten harder over time. Um, so now it's, it's, you're really putting the emphasis on trying to create and trying to get those opportunities because it's so hard to create them. And, and that's why you see, like, I mean, Toronto Maple Leafs with Marner and Austin Matthews and that who can create goals consistently and put up a b- bunch of big numbers. It's, uh, it's impressive, but for the most part, it's, it's tough to create. And if you get the opportunity to do that, I feel like you have to take advantage of it. Um, but I think defense is still the primary focus. Well, I, I, I got to ask Hammer this because I've been impressed with Fabro and, and how positionally sound he is for a young player but i feel like there's uh, i look at a lot of defensemen the young guys that are getting thrown into it they have no idea what they're doing defensively they're great players great offensively can jump and join the rush great skaters so they can recover from a lot of mistakes but do you notice a a, a change in the way the game is played from, from the back end where you're allowed to i Obviously, I feel like there's you're allowed to make mistakes a lot more than you did when you came in the league. Yeah, I mean, with some of these the young players that come in, uh, you know, the D-men that have a lot of offensive skill, I think coaches are willing to be a little more forgiving with uh, maybe some defensive errors to get some offensive upside. But, you know, like Terry was saying, it's, in the end, it's still defense is so important and we spend so much time... Uh, you know, working on our defensive game and it takes it doesn't happen right away it takes time through the season to develop that but you know Dante's a guy you, you brought him up I and mean, he's a guy that uh, he takes a lot of pride in his defense and uh, what he does on, on that side of the red line and, and he's quite good offensively too I mean he's already he's got I mean one was an empty netter last night but he's uh, I mean, how many regular season games does he have eight maybe like eight regular season games he's got yeah, three goals yeah so yeah he, he knows four and uh, six last year yeah and, and big ones too like you know big situations yep so yeah. um and i think that kind of goes to what you said how like the coaches are willing to tolerate a bit more risk from the younger defensemen because they, they're understanding that it's if, if you don't take that odd risk defensively to try to create offense you'll never create offense yeah. because it's such you a defensive that. yeah it's 
you have to take the risk uh, to be able to create because otherwise you won't be scoring goals because yeah, it's tough point. to do. Sort of the beauty of the game, right? Just t- snake eating its yeah. tail the entire time for yeah. 60 minutes, and then you do it again 79 more times or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue to look ahead. You guys got the Capitals, of course, coming into town tomorrow. Then you go out on a road trip. So we'll take a look at that when we come back. This is Smashville Live, of course, brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits, and Wine Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds game days and during Smashville Live. Hal Gale, Braden Gall, Kyle Turris, Dan Hamus. We'll be right back on ESPN 1025, the game and streaming on the game Nashville Welcome back. This is Brew House South in Cool Springs, Smashville Live, of course, on ESPN 1025. The game brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits and Wine, Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds Games Day. Preds Game Day is easy for me to say. And, of course, during Smashville Live, Hal Gil Bradengall, Dan Hamus, and, of course, Kyle Turris. All right, I'm going to put you guys to work here. Which one of you would like to give away some tickets to a lucky fan? Okay. <laughs> he, Kyle was quicker on the draw there. He pushed it over towards you. So we're going to draw a fan, a, a name out. You're going to get two tickets to a Preds game moving forward. And Gina from Promotions, don't call us. We'll call you tomorrow, I believe, is, is the rule. So here we go. We've got a name. Leanne Burden. Leanne Bunden. Leanne Burden. There we go. She's here. All right. So we, we will reach out to you, and you've got two tickets to a Preds game. How about that? See? Way to go, Leanne. Perfect. Way to Congrats. go. Uh, Dan just giving away tickets. I like it. Uh, the Caps come to town, uh, of course, tomorrow night. Always fun uh, when these two teams get together. Um, and, and obviously a very good hockey club since basically Ovechkin got there over a decade ago. Um, sort of, A, my first question is, what, what is a four-game? You guys mentioned the schedule earlier in the show, just how, how favorable it sets up. And having four games at home, does it allow you to ease into the schedule a little bit more because you're in your own bed? Do you like being on the road earlier? Just sort of... What does that dynamic feel like for a player having that many games at home right out of the gate? I think there's, there's pros to both. I think uh, when you're at home, yeah, you're, you're kind of comfortable and you can kind of uh, get into your routine at home and just, like, everything's familiar. Whereas when you're on the road, um, obviously you're not into your, your own bed and, and comfortable at home, but at the same time it's kind of a, a time that, if you're on a four-game road trip to start of the year, you can team bond and you can kind of get closer as a group being on the road together for that length of time. So, I mean, either way you look at it, I think there's good good ways to, to look at both. Put the blinders on a little bit on the road, able to focus. Yeah, I mean, uh, either way, if you're starting on the road or at home, you just want to win. You want to come out <laughs> winning. And, you know, you see teams that start on the road, they, they lose. And they start at home, sometimes you lose. And it's just... Uh, if that happens, you're looking for a change of scenery, and, and sometimes a road trip can be good, but we've, we've gotten off to a good start here at home so far. Well, I, I have the joy of traveling with you guys, and it was, I think, about three weeks ago, my wife said, hey, when, is, when do you go on the road again? And she was, like, asking because she was excited for me to leave, yeah. not sad that I would be going. Um, I'm, I, so I've been looking forward to this trip. you got L.A., Vegas, and uh, Arizona, and I looked at Vegas. We have two days in Vegas now. For the normal person that goes to to Vegas, like two days is the max you can stay there. But <laughs> I made the mistake. Like Nick Bonino brought it up he, he, last year. He said it was great. We saw a show. There's so many things to do. Vegas is a different animal when you're 
when you really can take it in as opposed to when I go to Vegas and act like a clown. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, there is... Uh I mean, we got to play a game, and you don't want to be not feeling 100% playing the Vegas Knights. Right. They're, they're fast, and they're hard to play against. And, uh, yeah, there, there is a lot of things to do there, and that's one thing we've done the last couple of years is take advantage of the, the good food that's there. There's a lot of great restaurants and uh, some amazing shows. So that's kind of the, the way we've gone. It's been fun. So with two days off, any team bonding plan? Because that, that was my favorite part about being a, on a team is going out and you don't have to divulge what's going on. I just, I'm just there curious. Is that still go, happen where go guys to are going to get together, and and you know, this is your chance to to get to know each other. And I know you guys are a tight group anyway, but yeah, there's definitely going to be some team bonding going on, and um, just guys getting together to uh, you know get to know everybody. Of course, a couple wins makes it all that much more fun, right? Yeah, yeah, it's important. It's important to do that stuff on the road. <laughs> as much as the coach doesn't want the guys going out doing that stuff, it's, uh, I think he likes it at the same time just yeah. uh, to get the team closer together. If you got a chance and it's still playing, check out the show Absinthe. It's one of the funniest things you'll ever see. It's in this big giant tent. It's absolutely hilarious. I made the mistake of going with my parents, uh, yep. but as an adult with children, <laughs> but it was absolutely fantastic. Go check it out. Good team building, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. How about everybody give these guys a round of applause? For coming out on their off night. We do appreciate it. Best of luck tomorrow night. And, of course, on the road trip, Dan Hamuse, Kyle Turris. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. For Hal Gill, my name's Braden Gall. Everybody, thanks for listening. This has been Smashville Live here from Brewhouse South, brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, Red Spirits and Wine, and Yeehaw Beer, always on special on Preds Games Day. Pred, I can't say that, guys. Preds Game Days. Have fun. And during Smashville Live. Boomba's next week. Everybody, thanks for listening. This has been Smashville Live on ESPN 1025 The Game.